Welcome to New Vision Church. It's a pleasure to have you join us for an impactful, uplifting, life-changing experience. Here are your announcements. As a church, we believe in giving God our first and our best. With that in mind, we have set apart every first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of each month to fast and pray together. For the month of May, we will be celebrating fast first from Monday, May 6th to Wednesday, May 8th. Take this moment to take down our prayer line number and join the movement. May 19th, we will be having baptisms here at New Vision. This is a time where we make a public declaration of our faith, declaring, together with our friends and family, that the old is gone and through Jesus, we have been made new. Don't miss this opportunity. Sign up. As always, for more information to sign up for anything or for any questions or concern, you can visit our webpage at www.iamnewvision.com or download our app, I Am New Vision. This concludes your announcements. See you next week. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Welcome, welcome. I'm not uh, promoting Starbucks here, but I was struggling this morning with my throat. Uh, definitely don't encourage $8 tea, but just an FYI. How's everyone doing today? You guys are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Awesome, awesome. I hope that those that are here today uh, got to enjoy last uh, weekend's message. Uh, it was amazing uh, celebrating here uh, Easter as a family. Um, it was kind of cool because we did both service, English and Spanish together. That's always awesome. Um, as you guys are aware, our senior pastors are out uh, at a conference event. Actually, our pastor is actually being ordained. He was ordained a couple days ago. So let's give a round of applause for that. Um, you know, that is always a blessing. Uh, you know, he's officially ordained under uh, the Free Methodist umbrella. That is uh, the umbrella that we belong and we are a part of uh, as New uh, Vision Church. For those that don't know me, my name is uh, Robert Pimentel. I'm going to move this out the way. I feel like it's a distraction. Um, my name is Robert Pimentel, or Brother Rob. I've uh, been a member of this family for about nine years now, uh, and both uh, my wife and I are also attending seminary school and trusting God and what he has for us in terms of uh, ministry work. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, we're actually going to open up a new series, uh, and it's titled Renewal. Everyone say, Renewal. <clears throat> in which we're going to look at the lives of, 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 three, of three men, three godly men in the Bible. We're going to look at Moses. We're going to look at Ezekiel, Elijah, and all these three men face difficult times uh, throughout uh, their lifetime. They face adversity, uh, but thank the Lord, they were always able to find renewal in Christ. Amen. So we're going to hear this word a lot today. Renewal, renewal, renewal. Um, today specifically, we're going to start off with uh, Moses. That was the, the character that was given to me to preach on today. So we will be talking a little bit about Moses and we will be talking about uh, the passage of the burning of the bush. For those who are not familiar, that is the passage, the passage, the burning of the bush. But before we do dive into that, um, let us pray for the word this morning. Let us bow our heads and position ourselves 
Father, we are grateful. We are excited to be in your presence this morning, Lord. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit begins to move in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirit, Lord, Father, so that we can genuinely receive intentionally, Lord, Father, your word and the message that you have prepared for us this morning, Father. Remove any distractions, Lord. Remove any discomfort, Lord, Father, so that our focus may only be on you, Lord. In Jesus' heavenly name, we pray, amen. Now, what does it mean to you guys when you hear the term renewal? Especially, we, we talk a lot about the renewal of the mind. That's something that we often hear a lot in our Christian walk is renewal of the mind, renewal of the mind. What does that mean to you? And, and I'll pause for a second so that you can receive that in your spirit and let that marinate for a little bit. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 to dive in a little bit more into what is all this about renewal of the mind. For those that have a Bible, let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Um, we had a lot of Bibles. I saw a lot of Bibles in the Spanish service. I'm hoping that here everyone has their app, right? If you got your app, raise it up, raise it up. All right. If you don't have one, please get close to someone that does have one. All right. So let's dive into Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And it starts off with, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In other words, that is the ultimate. That is where we want to get. That is the, the proper worship. That should be our posture, holy and pleasing to God. Verse two, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your to be transformed by the renewal of? I got one person here. One person got it. To be transformed by the renewal of? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will. His good and pleasing, perfect will. So the renewal of the mind holds a lot of weight. Because it's telling us only then you will be able to test and approve what's God's will, his good and pleasing, perfect will for our lives. Does anybody in this room want God's will, his perfect, divine will for our lives? Amen? Amen. Now, when Paul wrote this epistle, he wrote it in a way as an introduction to that congregation at the time. He was basically giving them a quick overview. Hey, guys. This is what the gospel should look like. This is what your relationship with God should look like. This whole thing about the renewal of the mind. This is what a life of a believer should look like. Transformed by the renewal of the mind. And you might ask yourself, Brother Rob, but why we keep talking about the mind? The mind is key when it comes to our walk with Christ. The reason non-Christians are not able to respond to biblical truth, when I speak about biblical truth, this is the only truth right here, not what I say, but what's in this book, 
The reason that non-Christian cannot discern that, they can't comprehend this, they can abide by this, is because they don't have the renewal of the mind. And that's why it is key. They cannot discern the spiritual truth that's in this book. Does that make sense? In other words, you can't just read this book like you read your Harry Potter book. I pick on Harry Potter because my, my wife loves Harry Potter. It's, it's just not any other book. There needs to be a, a certain discernment that comes with it. The mind is key for the walk of a believer. Now, the gospel calls the unbeliever, right? We were that at one point, right? I'm hoping we were all there at one point, unbeliever, to repent of our sins and embrace Christ by faith. That's the transformation. Now, when we, we think about repentance and you translate the word repentance, the, the Greek connotation in the translation of it refers to the mind. Our thinking must be transformed and change from the way we used to think before to a different way that we think now. It cannot be the same. If you're thinking the same you thought before you're thinking now, then your mind is not renewed. This verse also talks a little, a little bit about the patterns of this world. You guys see that? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. That's something that we need to note here because we know that every day it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle, right, against the world. And, and, and I love that it's noticing, do not be conformed to the patterns of this what? The pattern of this world is making a reference to the spirit of the age. It's basically the spirit of the age is anything, any popular worldview that goes against God. Basically, anything that supports, that goes against scripture. So, to be a true living sacrifice to God, one cannot conform to the what? To the world. But you must be transformed. So, I want to start there because, again, this whole series is going to be about renewal. So we need to have a true foundation of what this whole mess is about, about the renewing of the mind and how important it is and how it relates to our Christian walk with Christ. Remember, this is a marathon. We don't know when it's going to end, but it's a marathon. And when it comes to the renewal of the mind, it is something that it constantly requires work. If you ever pick up a book that says, Three quick steps for the renewal of the mind, drop it right there. It does not work that way. Now, I was given Moses for this message, and I could have gone so many ways, right? The, the Moses story is, is so unique in itself, and I could have gone so many ways in terms of uh, how to speak about the renewal of the mind this morning. But my spirit led me to this passage that I came across, which is the burning bush, the passage of the burning bush. And when you read this passage as a whole, again, when, when we're looking at scriptures, you can read it. You can, you can zoom in by verse or you can kind of give it a panoramic view of what the whole passage is trying to, trying to tell you. And when I saw it from afar, it's anchored by two direct questions that Moses 
as God? And those are the two questions that we're going to focus on today as it relates to the renewal of our minds. Amen? Amen? So let us go to Exodus and read a little bit more about this uh, burning bush episode. It's 16 verses. Bear with me. I encourage you to follow whether you have your app or uh, your actual Bible. Here we go. Uh, Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it didn't burn up. In other words, it was on fire, but the fire was not consuming the entire thing. So Moses thought, I will go over there and see this strange sight. Why is this bush not burning up? When the Lord saw that, that he got gone over to look and see what's going on, God called them from within the bush and said, he called them by his name, by his name, by the way, he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. So the Lord said, do not come close. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing right now is holy ground. So Moses is having this conversation. He's, he's intrigued. He's trying to see what's going on. Why is this bush burning? And he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go any closer, take off your sandals. Recognize that I am here and where you're standing. Then he said, I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he's letting him know, hey, this is who you're entering. This is who you're having this conversation with. At this, Moses hides his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them cry out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, I know this is a lot, but that's the backstory. So now, in other words, Jesus shows, I mean, God shows up in front of Moses in this form of this angel burning bush. Moses is like, what, what's going on here? And he's telling him, hey, I have come here. This is my promise to these people. And he tells him, so now go. I am sending you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So I hope you guys understand what's happening here. Moses was minding his own business, attending his flock in the wilderness. He had left Egypt, right? It's been like 40 years. And God shows up and said, go. I need you to pack up. I need you to drop what you're doing. I need you to go save the Israelites out of Egypt. I don't know about you, but I'll be like, this dude's serious right now. Like, I mean, he's good. He's like in the wilderness. He didn't want to deal with that mess. He left. He was being persecuted. 
They were ready to kill him. He said, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm out. And God shows up. Question number one that we need to know as believers in Christ, in terms of the renewal of the mind is, we need to know this question right here. And this is the question that uh, Moses asked at this time to God. He says, but Moses says to God, who am I? Everyone says, who am I? Who am I? It's okay, right? He said, man, dude, like, who am I? Why, why are you sending me? You just come out of nowhere. Why are you picking me, Moses? I'm here chilling with my flocks in, in the wilderness. Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? So I want us to pause with this verse right here and this phrase, who am I? And I want you guys to ask this question. Just ask yourself, who am I? Who am I? What are the things that define you or that you define yourself with? Who am I? Am I a mom? Am I a dad? Am I a mechanic? I'm trying to pick and see if I can remember what you guys do. Who, who am I? Am I a hairdresser? Am I a daughter? I play the piano. Am I a musician? Who am I? What, what are the things that you automatically define yourself with? Because in this passage, Moses is asking himself, who am I? In his mind, he's like, hey, I'm an old dude. Like, uh, I'm here looking after the flocks in the wilderness. That's who he's identifying himself with. But when God approached him, he told him, hey, I am the God of this. I am the God of that. He's telling him, hey, man, I got some promises. I need some work. There's some work that needs to be done. So he's telling Moses, hey, man. Yes, I know that you're old. I know that you're going through this. But at the end of the day, I created you. At the end of the day, I know your trajectory when you were flowing in, in the river. And, nobody, and people, you know, they basically gave you away. He created him. And as believers, we can easily read this passage and just fly over this, right? We can say, oh, who am I? But... For the purpose of this message and creating a foundation in terms of the renewal of the mind, we need to be certain as believers of who we are at the core. Not what you do, not what your skill set is, but who you are. I can look at Marvin. I can say, Marvin, you're a dad of three. Marvin, you work for a cruise line. But at the core of who Marvin is, He's a creation of God. God created him in his perfect image. Now, why is that important? Because a lot of people, I mean, for, a better, for lack of a better term, God created everything, right? So we can all get that part, right? But here's the thing. Marvin can change his mind and go from working at a cruise ship to being a gym instructor. That can change 
He can be a dad one day and then not be a dad. He can, like, all these things, all these uh, filters and, 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 and tags that get put in our lives can all change from one day to the next. But the only thing that can never change is that God created you. And that he created you for a specific purpose. So let's go back to that scripture. The last verse, 12. So when Moses asked him, who am I? Like, like God, he didn't even answer him back. He didn't even give him an answer because that, that's, that's petty. Like you're, like, you're focusing on the wrong things. I created you. Like, he, he, he just ignored it. Like, don't worry about that. I know who you are. I know you were meant to do this because I created you. So it's important as believers, and when we think about the renewal of the mind, that every decision we make, every time we wake up and we look ourselves in the mirror, that, we, that, that should be your starting point. I'm a creation of God. God created me. It doesn't matter your circumstance because your circumstance can change. We need to filter everything. Marvin can make his decision just because he's a dad. He needs to backtrack a little bit more and say, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm God's creation. That's the basis. That's, that's our foundation for every decision, every approach to every single thing that we do. Amen? Amen. So let's continue back with the verse. Verse 13. Moses said to God, okay, fine, fine, fine. Don't answer my question of who I am. Suppose I go to the Israelites, right? I'm going to go over there, like you said, that I'm supposed to go, and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask, and they ask me, okay, well, what's his name? Who, who sent you? What's his name? Then what shall I tell them? Question number two. As believers, as we think about this series and the renewal of the mind, Number one, we need to know who we are in Christ, right? We need to know who's our, that we are his creation. But number two, we need to be like Moses and say, who are you? Who are you that's sending me over here? Who are you? And, and I ask this question. This question is important because sometimes we, we create our, our own image of God in our minds. Right? We, we might see God through different filters. God, the, the forgiver, God who's full of grace. I know that is true, but we need to make sure we have the right and full view of God. She's asking me, who are you? So please deter from, from creating your own ideas of God and focus on the ideas and and. The images and everything that's explained in the Bible. I'm always going to go back to the Bible because, again, that is the ultimate source of truth. Let us go back to the verse. God says to Moses, what does he say? You guys read it out loud. I am who I am. He tells him, 
I am who I am. I don't know who you know that refers to themselves in that way. Not only that, he says, I am who I am, period. Done. He asked him, hey, what do I tell these people? You're telling me that I should go and free these people out of slavery. Yet you're, he tells him, this is what you need to tell them, Moses. I am who I am, period. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent. I don't know if that makes it any easier for him, but he tells him, I am has sent you. It's a little bit funny, right? But we got to really dive into this, this phrase of I am who I am, period. There's so much depth. There's, there's just so much in that phrase. So first, we need to establish who we are in Christ, right? We need to know that we are his creation. We need to determine that Anytime we focus on all these other things that we do and we prioritize and we see ourselves as all these other things other than God's creation, those things become our idol. The fact that you are God's creation, that will always be greater than anything else that you do. We know that part. Now we need to know, okay, who is God, really? Who is God? So in this situation, he responds to Moses, I am who I am, period, punto, nothing else. I am who I am is so powerful, so bold, so direct. He's telling him, I don't need any other description. I am who I am. Done. And again, we can just read this and fly right through this, but I want us to zoom into this a little bit more. I want us to go deeper, and we're going to talk about three, three aspects of this phrase that says, I am who I am. And this is why this is important, because again, you can't truly give yourself as a living sacrifice to God if you don't know who God is. So, I, when you think about this term, I am who I am, is basically saying that God is self-existent. Nothing, nothing created God. Not no one, nothing created God. He was already sitting at the throne during creation. He is independent of everything. Independent of everything. Yet, everything depends on him. He is self-existent. God is also eternal and unchangeable he's saying i am who i am i cannot change i cannot change for no one i cannot change for no government no regulation i am who i am 
I am the same yesterday, the same today, and the same tomorrow. God will not bow down to anything, to no one. He is perfect, perfect in any sense of the word that you can think of perfect. You can't perfect him anymore. That's why he says, I am who I am. Both his promises and grace are eternal, forever, unchangeable. That's why he's able to go back to Moses and say, hey, I made this promise. I need you to go. I need you to go now because my promise will never change. I don't care that it's been 40 years. I don't care that you're out in the wilderness and you're in your comfort zone. That doesn't matter. I created you for a bigger purpose. Go. He made those promises. It's unchangeable. And the same goal for the sovereignty of God. And this is something I want to I want to spend a little more time in because unfortunately we live in a society where we don't talk about God's sovereignty. We need to know who we're really worshiping. When we come here and we sing these beautiful songs, but sometimes there's a disconnect from what we sing and how we think of God. He sent the floods. He's God. He can wipe everything out right now if he wanted to. That's the God we serve. We can't only see the side of love and forgiveness and grace. No. He is sovereign. He is just. And I was sharing this with, with the Spanish group a lot of times. And I used to do this when, when I first came into my walk. It was like I used to have this image in my picture where there were, you know, one line and it was like God sitting here and and the devil sitting there, right? And we're walking up. We all gonna come to judgment day, and one of them gonna say no. That yeah, that guy's me. God's like no, no. This guy represented me. You're coming here, but no. Satan does not sit alongside God. God alone is gonna dictate that. That's where the sovereignty comes. And, I, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to be scary. But some of us, some of us need to be saved from God. Because the sovereignty will come. He is just. Let that sink in for a minute. He is God. And that's why he's saying, hey man, I am who I am. Period. There will be judgment at some point, whether you believe it or not. It's in the scripture. It's, it's going to happen. And I won't do right by you if I just tell you, hey, yes, God loves you. God has grace for you. I need to also tell you he is just. And unfortunately, Again, we live in a culture, worldly culture, church culture, where we take this God's name for granted sometimes. 
We just blur it out. We're like, oh my God, I forgot to watch my Netflix series. What? He's God. He's God. Is that, is that how you're thinking of him? Like we truly need to have a reset button in terms of how we view God. If not, then who are we really worshiping? If we're so casual about it. One day yes, one day no. This is my favorite. God spoke to me. I hear all the time. Hey, God, no, God spoke to me. And it's not that God didn't speak to you or not. Hey, I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But when we say it so bluntly, so casually, where's the respect in that name? Where's the reverence in that name? Really? God spoke to you? That's how you're going to tell me? I guarantee you, if, if a celebrity spoke to you, if, if, if whoever spoke to you, right, uh, Give me a, a celebrity name out there. Marvin, give me a celebrity. LeBron, LeBron, if LeBron James, if LeBron James spoke to you, you'll be like, yo, guess what? Bron Bron spoke to me. But with God, it's like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, God spoke to me. He told me to quit that job. Really? We need to get back to putting respect into that name. We need to hold that banner up. He says, I am who I am, period. That was his definition to you. You don't need to go any further. God is incomprehensible. You will never out-worship God. You will never out-love God. You will never out-serve God because he is God. You will never fully understand everything about him because he is who he is. We need to put respect. We need to hold him to higher standards. That's what he tells Moses. Moses, take off them sandals, boy. You know who you're talking to? You're in the presence of God. Take off them sandals. You used to take off those sandals back in Egypt to the king. How dare you not take off those sandals in front of me? Some of us need to take off our sandals when we're praying. Some of us need to take off our sandals when we're worshiping. When we're speaking about God. He is who he is. Period. God is the most important thing in your life. He is the biggest. There's, there's no conversation bigger. There's no want that's bigger. There's no desire. There's no, there's no thought that's bigger. He is God. Done. He is who he is. And, and why am I stressing this so much? Because we're talking about the renewal of the mind. God, this is our walk. If not, then why are we doing it? We can all hang anywhere else. There's plenty of clubs that we can hang out with and, 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 and fellowship and congregate. But if we're doing this thing called church and fellowshipping and following Christ, we need to know the deadness of the renewal of the mind and the importance of that. If not, what are we doing? And we can't truly be a sacrifice 
if we don't know who he is. We can't truly be a sacrifice if we don't know who we are in his image and how he created us. God is the biggest truth in our lives. Nothing else will come close to that. Nothing else will come close to that. The renewal of the mind. Who am I? And who created me? That's why Moses is, he's in conflict. Because he doesn't know. He's trying to get that renewal right there. He's like, man, who am I really to go do this? And who are you? And we all need to be 1,000% sure of who we are in Christ. We need to constantly, constantly remind ourselves, each other, who we are in Christ. Because that's how we should filter everything that we do. Every decision you make for your family. Anything that you do gets filtered through that. That should be the foundation of it. Amen? Amen. And with this, I will close, guys. Last Sunday, we celebrated. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection, right? We, we reenacted some of, those, some of those images, what happened to Jesus. We saw what he had to endure, the pain, the beatings. Is, is it just me or, or did that not happen? The humiliation. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus for a second. Think about everything he had to endure. Like, 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 really, think about it. Think about what he went through for you and I. We talk about the blood that was shed. It was real blood. The mockery. People spitting at him. Throwing stuff at him. All that was real. Think about that for a second. I know we celebrated last Sunday the resurrection. Amen to that. Amen to that. But there's no resurrection if that all that stuff doesn't happen. That was all part of that plan. And he had to submit himself to that. You want to talk about a living sacrifice? Look at that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you without the doubt of my mind that Jesus was well aware of who he was. If we were to ask Jesus, who am I? He was 1,000% sure. And better yet, he was even more sure of who God was. Think about it. If not, would he go through that process? 
Let us stand, New Vision. Join us next week for another powerful word. See you soon. Be blessed.